Hi, you're listening to The Week in 10. Today is Friday, September 1st, and I'm your host, Emily Olson. This is the podcast where we give you the week's news in under 10 minutes, just enough time to wash the dishes or fold the laundry or get an x-ray if your wrist is broken. That happened to EO reporter George Plavin this week after he fell from his bike over some ornery train tracks. George is here to talk about this week's top story. The Neal Early Learning Center opened in Boardman this week. The center's three classrooms will host students from local programs designed to identify students who need special services at an early age and might not otherwise get a pre-kindergarten education. It's the last of four facilities built in the Boardman area on land donated by the Port of Morrow, which is a pretty big deal. George, can you tell us what else the port built in this area? So, yeah, and what we're talking about specifically is a piece of the port's land uh, within the East Beach Industrial Park that uh, is visible off of Interstate 84, uh, really provides an opportunity for folks who are driving past to see some of these brand new facilities. And it all started back in 2013 with the opening of the Sage Center, which uh, is uh, an interactive museum, kind of a a showcase for a lot of the uh, port businesses, uh, energy, agriculture, uh, a lot of those industries to have uh, exhibits within the museum, have a chance to explain what they do. Uh, Sage Center now also uh, Boardman's only movie theater. Mm. Uh, It's hosted job fairs. It's uh, brought in quite a few events. The Morrill County Harvest Festival will be there uh, coming up again this year. So uh, opportunity to really bring in a lot of the Morrill County community to uh, gather for some of those fun events as well. So it started with that. That, again, was back in 2013. That was built at a cost of about $8.2 million, uh, most of it uh, through the port, uh, some of it as well through state grants. And uh, since then, uh, this year now uh, alone, we've had three new facilities open within that same area along Olson Road. We've got the new Boardman Rec Center, uh, that was paid for through a $12.39 million bond that was approved by Boardman voters back in 2014. And wow. that opened its doors in July. Great big indoor swimming pool. Fun mm. thing for the community there as well. Perfect for summer. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, uh, also we now have the new BMCC Workforce Training Center that opened there. That was one of three projects that uh, BMCC has been able to build thanks to a $23 million bond that was approved in 2015 by voters in Umatilla and Morrow counties. And uh, of course, as you mentioned, uh, just earlier this week, we had the opening of the Neal Early Learning Center, which is named after the port's (laughs) general manager, Gary Neal, and his wife, Kathy. And uh, that was opened up at a cost of about $2.1 million. Uh, Also, again, mostly spearheaded through the Port of Morrow. Uh, Ports donated land for all of these projects. Uh, They've done quite a bit of work uh, extending sewer and other infrastructure to these lots, uh, really stepping up with a lot of contributions to help uh, the city of Boardman and other uh, community groups really see some of these facilities uh, uh, all the way through. Wow. Any idea what kind of economic impact this is going to make? Uh, not not positive what kind of a, an economic impact this will make. I know that in the past we have talked to Gary Neal about uh, the, kind of the reasons why the port is wanting to do a sure. lot of this. And yeah. a lot of it, he says, boils down to livability. He says, mm. you know, we want to make Boardman a, a, a fun, livable place. Uh, actually, uh, I talked to Gary about this uh, a couple years back now. So the uh, port accounts for roughly 5,000 jobs. Wow. Uh, about 70% of those workers actually commute in from elsewhere. Uh, wow. Boardman's, How far are they commuting from? Any they're idea? commuting in from the Tri-Cities in Hermiston, mostly. Okay. And so uh, – and, and that – 
due in large part, uh, Boardman does not quite have the housing and mm. the amenities uh, uh, to support that many workers all living in the community there. So they are working on getting those amenities built up and then the housing uh, as well. They're working on those two pieces simultaneously. Can I ask what, I'm totally new here, what's the population of Boardman? What's it like right now? Boardman is about 3,100 people, I believe, unless it's grown since the last time I checked. Wow. And so you're saying this is, they're expecting to build maybe more housing there in the future? and, and... They're working on that. They've uh, made some progress on a number of subdivisions. Uh, the point of these facilities, though, being that, it, yeah. again, this is improving the livability. It's providing some more services for folks in town. And it's just making the city uh, you know, feel a little more expansive and whole. Any idea those those three facilities that were already kind of operating, what kind of traffic they're getting, how many visitors they've gotten so far? You know, the Sage Center, they have been mostly stable, I know, on their visitors over the past three years, and they have been working on uh, a couple of different uh, advertising and program initiatives to improve mm. those numbers, and they are optimistic that those numbers are going to come along here uh, and start to improve and maybe be comparable to what you see at uh, the Dallas Discovery Center or uh, – uh, the Oregon Trail Heritage Center over in Baker City. Uh, as for you know who's been coming through the doors here at the Rec Center, I think we're probably still a little too early to figure out how many folks are making it in into those new facilities. Right. Okay. Well, we will definitely have to wait and see what happens. We're excited to see what happens with the Neil Learning Center as well. Thank you so much, George, for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Here's the other top stories you need to know this week. It was back to school for Umatilla County. In Pendleton, the new superintendent, Chris Fritch, toured the district schools. He plans to make his presence in the schools a weekly tradition as he focuses his efforts on district-wide issues like a drop in attendance. In Hermiston, the school community chose the newly constructed Eastern Oregon Trade and Event Center, or EOTEC, as the top choice for a high school graduation venue. Over half of the community disapproves of the current venue, the school's gymnasium, because of overcrowding. In Hepner, the Mustang football team received brand new, top-of-the-line uniforms from Nike, thanks to a donation by the family of Robert Kilkenny, a longtime Hepner football fan. In Roundup news, the Main Street Cowboys sparked criticism this week for rejecting the vendor application of Liberty Flag and Gifts. The vendor caused controversy last year for prominently displaying and selling Confederate flags on Main Street. The Main Street Cowboys, who oversee the vendors, also drew their own criticism for driving up and down Main Street with the flags affixed to their vehicles. The Cowboys cited the current political climate and media scrutiny as the reasons for declining the application. Also in Pendleton, a first-ever city-sponsored housing convention explored ways to build affordable housing. According to city officials, Pendleton has approximately 1,109 acres of land available for housing development. A study commissioned by the city showed that Pendleton needs 125 more rental unit units and 94 sale units to match its open employment. But whether it's the city's uneven topography, rocky soil, or lack of utilities, building affordable housing won't be an easy task. And finally, my favorite story of the week is about a woman named Geneva Eddings. She celebrated her 109th birthday on Thursday. The Hermiston woman was born in 1908, just a month before Henry Ford unveiled the Model T automobile. Her life is full of ordinary things that make any life beautiful. But what makes Geneva different is that she's tough as nails. 
She gave birth to three children during the Great Depression, and the children say she sacrificed everything to let them have a good life. She became the only female welder on a Navy ship for work. She wore the same underwear until they had holes, and she never, ever complained. When asked about her secret to a long life, she said she hasn't the foggiest idea. You can find that full story and a video interview with Eddings at eastoregonian.com. We'll be back next Friday with another edition of The Week in 10. In the meantime, be sure to follow The East Oregonian on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to stay updated on local news. Leave us feedback on what you'd like to see in podcasts and share The Week in 10 with a friend. We need your help to spread the word about how cool podcasts are. I'm your host, Emily Olson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.